Hey there, Anna Guest Jelly here. Welcome to Love Curvy Yoga, the podcast where we talk about and practice all things body affirming and yoga. Now let's get into it. have a great honor today. I have Paige Litchens on. We're going to be talking about her journey with yoga. Paige is a yoga teacher in D.C. who I have a lot of different friends and connections with. So I'm really excited to be talking with her and sharing our conversation with you. So welcome, Paige. Hi, Anna. It's so good to talk with you today. Yeah, I'm really excited. So yeah. let's kind of start from square one. What brought sure. you to yoga? Oh, that's a really good question. I've always, I, I always have to defer as to where and how far back I go back to it. Um, first, I started off like I think many people used to grab your Jane Fonda video. I go back to the 90s. <laughs> and I, I remember doing it and going, oh, this is gym work. Oh, this is no different than what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you move on to other sports. Um, but then I was, um, I was raised... It's basically in my career, I was an accountant, and I was working next door to a yoga studio, and I hear the banging on the wall, and I was like, wait, yoga's supposed to be quiet. What's going on? So I tried it. My story, as it's in my bio. I hated it. It was Iyengar. It was so slow. It was so, you know, I appreciate it now, but I was standing there going, when do we get to the cool stuff? So um, I didn't go back to it until years later. I was in my 30s. I had a, a, a skydiving accident where I broke my back. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, it was also in a time when I had also um, gained some weight, had a relationship that broke up because of, because of it. He even blamed it. I know it was more than that. But he, um, I basically am glad that it, it basically I accidentally came up on yoga and from then on just continued it. Um, and I've tried so many styles, so many different things. I was doing yoga five, six days a week. I've studied many styles. And then I sort of backed into training into it, which deepened my practice. I've had amazing mentors who have just said, you need to go teach, and I didn't quite understand why, but I think it's because I don't come from a traditional background. I come from an uh, analytical side, accounting side, business side, which mm. I find appeals, especially in Washington, D.C., with the language and just saying when you're reaching people who, who need to be explained very quickly what's going on, but in a very simple way, and it does reach them. So I, I am seeing many people I'm able to reach and connect with that way. Um, my practice has grown and evolved, though. Uh, I spent the last couple of years finishing my 500 at Kripalu and specializing that with the Ayurvedic science and integrating that. Um, and about three years ago, I had a dissected artery, spontaneous dissection, while I was teaching. And it caused a stroke, and I bring that out to tell people it happens. It happens under 50. It happens for no reason. Mm-hmm. And I've been using that a lot in my teaching, which is to work with many different kinds of bodies. I, I, every single class, I have somebody who has MS, somebody who has prenatal, somebody who has some sort of injury. Um, and I like to think we're all injured. And how can I help you deal with that ever-changing body right now? Mm. Well, I like what you said about the ever-changing body. I feel like... Mm-hmm we get a message that our body should only be going in one direction, which is better, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And that when that doesn't happen, because that's life, like you just said, then we kind of internalize that and make the problem us. And somehow we get that. I always laugh at that. I giggle at it. Like, and who told you that? Because 
it wasn't far off teaching. You get people get very emotional. They come up. They've been practicing for so long. I've been doing this, and I was working towards this headstand, and they start to cry and get emotional, and it, somehow it digressed. And I, I like to think, well, you told you life was a progression upward. It's mm-hmm. a roller coaster. No. But it's hard. We are fed that through life. I can remember far back, um, you know, just reading things, even long before social media was out there, because I'm a child of the 80s. It's, mm-hmm. you, know, you had your teen magazines and everything, and everything was fit to tell you this is what you were looking to do. Um, and it was really a difficult place, because I came from the 80s, where you just you worked hard, you did all these things, you'll have all these material things, and then there really was no plan after that. Um, and I do find many people at my age, you know, in their 40s going, and now what? And that is including the body image going, and now what? Now what are we doing with mm-hmm. our bodies as they're changing? Because we're all changing, just at different levels. And some days are going to be good, some are bad. And really, it's the yoga for me has deepened into, that's what I'm trying to recognize is the reality of right now. Mm. And right now is not bad. Right now is not a bad place at all. I'm usually just way harder on myself. Yeah, aren't we all? <laughs> I feel yeah. like so many of us are. Yeah. yeah. How do How do you work with that? What tools do you use around that acceptance? Of My voices? meditation has really been the part that evolved over the time that I feel it really just allowed me to do that. Um, and the meditation wasn't just sitting there cross-legged and seeing what happened. Really diving into a place of, of mindfulness past just concentrating and being in my thoughts, but really being mindful that this is what I'm feeling. Um, I really experienced that again more at Kripalu with Jonathan Faust, who I'm very lucky is here in the D.C. area. And I, I've written about it even on my blog about um, a time when I was doing a walking meditation. And I just found myself crying. I was walking around this table that was the table that you'd see in the hospital. And I just found myself getting emotional and mad at this table. And I, I wrote about that going, how crazy is it that you know, this was bringing up times when I was in the hospital and I had the mm. stroke and I was in pain. And you really taught me it's not just about, okay, this is what I'm thinking now, shift it. No, 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 think it, feel it, can I be with that? Mm. And that really was a different place, was to say, okay, look at that. And once you stare at it, maybe you can stare at it, maybe you can't. And I literally finished my meditation, went over to the table, I touched it, I just let it go. And I was like, oh, it's just a table now. But I didn't have to move past it. I didn't have to talk to myself and go, it's okay. It's logically all these things. I just let myself feel it, even cry, and just have that emotional feeling with it. Um, Other tools I do on a daily basis, I've only recently been doing this, but I I like to look at the full-length mirror and stare at myself and say, I see you. Mm. I see my body. I see what's there. Don't try to hide it. Um, I often tell people when I'm working with them, if they tell me they don't have a full-length mirror, you need to go out and get one right now. <laughs> mm. Just look with some approval, less critic, less judgment, and just uh, look at that. And then the reality is I often find myself going, yeah, sure, there's some curves here, there's some fat here, there's this there, it's different. But I often end up surprising myself by saying, I'm right there, that, that actually is really good. It's not what I imagined in my mind. Yeah, because once again, uh, you're right there with that truth of what is. Right, with what's right there. And that, to me, is the meditation. I come from that place of my meditation is like the reality of right here, not the narrative, the story that we like to live in. And we do. We all like to be in that. And we're either focused on goals or looking at the past. I would look at pictures of myself from years ago 
And the sad part, I look at the pictures and I found myself going, gosh, I remember this person being so hard on herself then. Yeah. And, wow, I'd give anything to even have that body, that person, that thought. What, what, why couldn't she see that then? Mm-hmm. I've done and that, I realized too. You, yeah, I look back and I'm yeah. like, oh, it really makes you uh, widen your perspective, I think. In the it widens it, yeah. I, Kripalu would have us write letters to ourselves. And mm-hmm. if you write a letter to yourself and then put it away, they wouldn't mail it for six months. And it's really fascinating. It does sort of the same thing where you sort of write this letter just to you. What would you say to yourself? And it's this loving kindness that just says things to, that you would tell yourself. And it's so amazing because you, you do forget it. And I love looking back on things I've written and say, wow, I must have been pretty wise. Look at that. I needed that today. <laughs> six months ago, yeah. <laughs> yeah, six months ago. I must have known I needed this today. Oh, my gosh. I, well, it's just a great reminder to lean back into that and go, oh, okay, that's right. Come back to this center, this place that was actually just fine the way you are right now. Yeah. Stop working on the goal. Yeah, build self-trust because you remember that you have mm-hmm. that wisdom within you. Yeah. Yeah. And we all fall off of it. it. I always tell people it's not about staying on balance. It's not about perfection. Um, it's a practice, and we're supposed to be practicing to notice. The art is noticing to come back to it. Yeah. That's and such that's an important shift- point. Mm-hmm. It is. It, it, it really shifts it. It's not, oh, okay, someday I'll be in this place, because I think we all do that. We look at images and see poses and see things and go, oh, look, at, you know, and we associate happiness and bliss with that oh if i could just get to that then i'll be happy right and it's not it's really okay stop right here right here right now feel it feel what's right here and it may not be happy it may just be i'm okay yeah right and actually it's not a bad place when you can sit in it and say no it's good it's a good day i'm feeling strong um, there are days where I just can know I can feel it and just say I feel strong, and that's good enough for me today. Mm-hmm. Well, and I feel like having that approach helps you to weather the days where you maybe don't feel as good and then, mm-hmm. and then really enjoy the days where you feel, you know, like totally full of joy all of the time. Yes, and it also helps you to know that and be able to put a finger on that and say, well, this is the day I need to stop. I need to just go cancel something or not do something. And not simply put my own self and my own needs ahead of everything else and just say, well, I have to cancel. I have to listen to my own self and be completely aware of it. Right. How do you bring in this being with yourself in the moment, acceptance of what's going on in your body for your for your yoga students? What kind of helps them be in that place? It's, it starts with the practice itself as far as the grounding of it and, and talking them through just the silence of it at first before we move. Yeah. Um, and just I like to create an environment that just allows them to not be perfect, to just mm. feel like they can explore. And I use the word feel, which I started realizing not everybody's used to feeling. Yeah. A lot of I work with a lot of beginning students, and I'm proud of that, but a lot of them are very much... Just tell me. I came here. I wanted to see all the things that are considered yoga poses. And, of course, there's just right. so many alternate ways to move your body. So I often just smile at that and ask them to just consider different positions, different alternatives. And within one class, I'm really pleased that they can 
start to see how much they actually did if they just take it one step at a time. Mm. And in that, I integrate the language that's just very much, can you be with this place? Can you watch and observe your breaths? We laugh about different aspects where I'm trying to get them to realize the the fact that their minds just probably just did go into a place of thinking about my grocery list and thinking about right. my worries and my, what am I going to eat after class? And we do this. Yeah. And I'm trying to, oh, yeah. even at a beginner level, just try to say, and there, there's a practice, hold on, bring it in, breath, be in the posture. Mm-hmm. And that for me is where I'm teaching it from a beginner standpoint. I do teach other vinyasas and other um, restorative classes where it's a little bit more but I still find meditation. I don't have to dumb it down, I feel. I feel like I, everybody, if it's their first class, can get this. Right. Well, I think everyone's had a taste of it in different ways in mm-hmm. their life, even if they didn't call it meditation. So yep. when you explain it in that way, I feel like that makes sense that people would be getting it. Yeah. Like, yeah. And they do, and I want them to be able to not not feel as if they had to be perfect in it, but they could laugh at it. It sounds like that applies in the poses, too, that you're helping people find, like, what really works mm-hmm. for you here. Oh, yeah. And, and I teach in corporate places, too, which can be different. But I had a young woman who's just started recently. We've been working the last couple months. And she's the one who's the HR who coordinates it. And literally, we were talking about this mind-body, just noticing that and um, she has shared some things with me. I won't go into it here confidentially, but she's going through her own body image, you know, differences, that, and she wants to be in the posture so hard. Mm-hmm. And she went into a posture and just yelled out, oh, shit. <laughs> 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 and I just remember, like, looking at her, laughing, smiling, and I said, and there we go. And, oh, shit, and breathe into it. Yeah. And I just, that's, if I, got, I have to meet the student where they're at, and that's, that's where she's at, and we, we go from there. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I think that's what's so beautiful about the practice is that that's possible. It can meet you wherever you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I see so many, especially with beginners, they want to be at a certain place and then feel it's okay to then go to other places. And I just think you, you wind up start right where you're at. And some people, I work with even older people. I mean, they just come to yoga. They've just, just turned 60-something, and they're just coming to yoga for the first time. Mm, love it. And I love that. I mean, you're never too old to get started. No, definitely not. That's great. And I say that. I've, I've had people who are, you know, you've seen it, the typical ones. You know, uh, I can't touch my toes. I can't touch my toes, so I can't go to yoga. And I remember trying to figure out how to answer that. Um, and finally, I just decided to ask them, especially in D.C. where it's so competitive, you know, did you ever want to learn a language? Oh, of course. I said, well, did you learn the language before you went to class? <laughs> and then we were done talking. And I was like, okay, there you go. So you don't really go to yoga, to yeah, you don't go to yoga to, you know, be able to touch your toes before you get there. Right. <laughs> you know. And then one of my so, favorite teachers, Max Strom, likes to say, you can touch your toes, but you've got to like the person you, you know, on the way down. So, yeah, I love that too. Yeah, so you've got to like it. I often tell them, now bend your knees, touch your toes. Now that you've touched your toes, let's move on. <laughs> right. And what's there? And it's, it can be fun. Yoga can be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. So I have a question for you to kind of close us out. If there's Mm -hmm. ever a time that you are um, feeling a little down on your body, do you have a go-to, whether that's a pose, a practice, a strategy, it could be yoga-related or not, 
that you mm-hmm. use to kind of move through that? I'm not sure if, if I'll answer, you know, it, tell me if I do answer this incorrectly, but I mean, as far as like when I'm really no, down, okay. what, what, yeah, what I've, what I just, as far as what I've discovered recently was I read an article that talked about it. Uh, some university had done a study on it and they said that they studied it and that when people are really down, if they just let go and cried, it would last no more than two minutes. And I remember reading that going, Really? Okay, that's funny because I've just started this whole period over the last couple of years of just feel it. And then as you feel it, what would happen if I just, instead of worrying about, I don't want to cry, I don't want to let it go, I just let it go. Mm. And I found myself, I literally can be in my closet and just, you know what, I can just feel it building up and I let it go and I cry. Get it out. It's not even 60 seconds. And then once it's gone, it's like, wow, hold on. I felt so good to get rid of that. Yeah. And from there, I realized it wasn't as built up or, you know, the things that we talked through. But more importantly, I find if I don't hold it in, I could spend my life holding in all that pain, years and years, 40-some years of holding it in, or I could let it go in two minutes. Yeah. And I really like that. that Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, I like that it... I can really convince myself that it's much more of an advantage to myself to just spend two minutes of an investment to let it go than to hold on to it for years. Right, yeah, that's what I was just thinking. I was thinking about all the time that I've spent resisting or mm-hmm. trying to make it something else or whatever, whereas, you know, that was way more than two minutes. <laughs> if I would have just let oh. myself feel it, it does if you had make just done difference. it. Yeah. Yeah, and I say that it was, it's not easy. It's not, it's the hardest thing to step off the ledge and take the jump and leap. Um, I was a, nine years I was a recruiter. I had a full-time job. I've always had a plan. And last year I took the leap. I jumped off and said, it's time to go from part-time teaching to full-time and let's go do it. And there were, it was, it's still scary. There's still points where my mind goes, okay, what are you going to do? Right. You know, yeah. like, what's what's retirement going to be like? And I'm like, well, yeah. who says I have to retire? And then, <laughs> you know, and then I have to remind myself that I'm going into that place of panic and judgment and everybody else's worry. And I have to remind myself that, for you know, I'm 46, going to be 47. Life has always been good. Mm-hmm. I've always managed to pull through and have a good place and people and stop, tell myself to just sit back into that and just my motto ends up being just today is enough. Mm-hmm. And I'll literally have to tell myself to just worry about the next class, just worry about the next moment. That's enough. And I really enjoy the fact that I can teach somewhere up to three to four classes in a day, and yet I'm not worried about the fourth one or the third. I'm, I'm just going to focus on the next one. Yeah. I and that applies I, to so much of life. Yeah. It does, and that's enough to say, actually, if I do that, my whole consciousness is right there and I like the fact that I can look out on the students and and give that person it comes back to you they're giving it back to you if you can pay attention to it enough you can just be in the wave and it's in really enjoying that moment not thinking about the conversation I wanted to have or the story I wanted to share with them or just let it happen let it evolve and it's actually quite fun to do that so I know that went a little bit off track with that, but that's really no, my place of just reminding myself, oh, I'm going back to the old habits, the habitual way of thinking. I have to just stop myself and, and do that. 
Yeah. Uh, my own physical practice has gone from, you know, old days of doing Mysore and doing hours and hours. I had to go from a place of just being, you know, where am I at today? If it's 10 minutes on my floor, not even my mat, then do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I And that. that's, that's amazing to me that my teacher, one of my teachers uh, told me you could do 10 minutes and that would be your practice. And I was yeah. just, once again, like, wow, what? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm supposed to do two hours every day. and You mean it's no. okay to make it fit my life? <laughs> right. And, you know, here I was just trying to learn to walk again and going, how am I going to do this? Well, instead of trying to do it, let myself be in it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, then you're going to use the wall, then you're going to use the headboard, and you're going to learn to walk again. And that was then, and then I have to remind myself how far I've come from then. I'll stand there and go, look, I'm doing crow again. Okay, great, you know. Wow. But I don't, I don't let that be my goal anymore. I let myself say, well, this is, let's just see where it is today. And then laugh at it. Like, okay, and there I am falling, and there I am balancing. Yeah. And the success was not driven from the posture. It was just driven from internally. I learned that through the Mohans who studied with Christian Macharya. My success was not dealt with the happiness of whether or not I did the posture. It's just the fact that I got there. I can feel it. I can let the posture, let myself be fully in the posture. And I like to think of that, that's the subtle shift of what yoga is. I know a lot of people like to say, like, this is what yoga is, and we're all out there talking about it. For me, it's really about that, saying the difference between it being strictly calisthenics, strictly gym, is that subtle mindful shift in my thought that says I'm not just in it. I didn't get into it. I'm, I'm fully present. Mm. There's a beginning, middle, and end to the posture. Yeah. Well, that feels like the perfect place to end to me. That is yes. so beautiful. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, thank and you thank so you for letting me share. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Love Curvy Yoga. You can find more information about this podcast and all things Curvy Yoga at curvyyoga.com. If you love the show, please share it or even review it in iTunes. Both help us get the word out that yoga is a way to come home to your body and yourself exactly as you are today. Have a great day and curve on.